Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. And now, the list of things that you can buy at the Chicago Reader store at chicagoreader.com. Things to wear like Chicago Reader hats, t-shirts, bandanas, and face masks. Things for your daily life like the Chicago Reader camping mug, Chicago Reader tote bags, and a Chicago Reader reporter's notebook. Things for you to read like our Reader recipes, the Chicago Reader 420 Companion, our Chicago Reader Best of book series from journalists Maya Dukmasova, Mike Sula, Ben Jarofsky, and Lior Galil, the Chicago Reader coloring book, and the Chicago Reader stay home puzzle. Find the Chicago Reader store at chicagoreader.com and show your support for the nation's first free weekly news paper since 1971. Bonus time on the Ben Jarofsky Show as I speak. It's Thursday, August 26, 2021. Headline in my Chicago Sun-Times delivered to me as it is every day. Bears projecting the 53-man roster. Yes, the Bears season is right around the corner. My not-so-beloved Chicago Bears that I've been faithfully rooting for since 1966, since before my two guests were even freaking born. I was rooting for this freaking football team, and all they've done is bring me nothing but grief. We're talking a little bit about that and other issues with my two distinguished guests. As I always do with this uh, bonus show, I ask my distinguished guests to introduce themselves. So I'm going to start with the distinguished guests whose initials are V-E-N. Introduce yourself. Well, you know, uh, I always say ladies go first. So, but, you know, uh, but I'll go ahead in. I'm Vincent E. Norman and, uh, you know, founder of the Marijuana Hall of Fame. Uh, been so much a regular on the Ben Jarofsky show. And uh, I like the guests and like the audience and stuff like that. So uh, I'm here to talk a little bit about Canada. Sports and yes. politics. Yes. But Ben. Very good. All right. Uh, and Victoria. Oh. That's how I Okay. And it's distinguished guest number two, whose initials are VW. Introduce yourself. Uh, my name is Victoria Williams, and I am the founder of ACC of Illinois, cannabis education program that was approved by the state of Illinois. Okay, and uh, so welcome to the show, Victoria. You're a rookie on the bench. And a diehard Bears fan. Hold yes. on, hold on. Yes. I'm a diehard Bears fan, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get to the Bears part of this uh, in a little while. And uh, Victoria, as I was saying, you're, you're, you're a rookie in the Ben Jarowski show, so welcome to our humble little show. Uh, Vincent is a regular uh, on our show, and uh, 
Uh, maybe you'll uh, be a much of a regular if all things go well talking uh, cannabis and bears, and I don't know in that order, maybe just bears. Uh, but before we get into the bears portion of this, uh, Victoria, tell, tell folks a little bit about ACC, uh, what you do and how it's connected uh, to the cannabis industry. So ACC is a um, company that I've started and what we did was we dissected Illinois' 1438 cannabis bill, and we created a dispensary training manual. And we presented that manual to the state of Illinois. The state of Illinois approved us as responsible vendors who can provide cannabis education in the Illinois. Um, there is a total right now of 26 responsible vendors in Illinois. Of the 26 responsible vendors, 13 are minorities. Um, and of the 13 minorities, five came directly from up under ACC. We incubated these individuals. We helped them write their core curriculum, and we assisted them with the application process to IDFPR and saw them through till they got approved. Now, these people own 100% of their businesses. We don't get any percentages. They're um, solely owned by them. And ACC has also been awarded a cannabis transportation license the first cannabis transportation license in the state of Illinois. Um, our main goal is to make sure we're educating our community and bringing as many people into the cannabis industry as possible. All right. A transportation license. Explain to my listeners what exactly that entails. A uh, transportation permit license uh, basically means that you are able to uh, transport uh, cannabis, uh, THC products, uh, to the dispensary um, and, you know, and, and having that license, I mean, it, it also means that you can transportate, uh, transport, transport other uh, products or supplies as well, but it's mainly focused on cannabis, um, DC products, in the industry, and be able to have that uh, foothold in. So because uh, it's such a, a bold new world with cannabis, every aspect of the business is licensed by the state of Illinois, pretty much. Is that correct, Vincent? Uh, yes, yes, it is. Uh, Vincent, so in other words, just like you and I have been talking for quite a while now about the whole procedure of getting a, a license to either grow cannabis or sell it, you have to go through a whole procedure to get a license just to transport it from uh, a growth center, a cultivation center, to a dispensary where it can be sold. Yes. Um, you know, there, there are three phases, I guess you can look at. Uh, one is the transportation, and then the other is um, uh, obviously grow, and you grow the flower, uh, cannabis, and from there you're able to, uh, you know, house it and then have to transport it. And um, you have to have a license to transport the cannabis into the licensed dispensaries. So you're correct, you know, in all faucets of that, you have to have a license to grow, you have a license to transport, and you have to have a license to operate the cannabis, which is the retail store that you're going to put the product in. And is the process for get Illinois. And in, in, in just in Illinois. This is just Illinois. Yeah, but, it's, you know, it's other states as well, but I say, you know, Illinois has a little bit more intensified thing to it, I should say. So was it as controversial, uh, the distribution of the licenses for uh, transportation as it was for the distribution of the licenses uh, to actually own a dispensary? Yeah, you know, uh, I mean, the process, I, I think, you know, the, the transportation license is a little bit, you know, uh, I won't say easier, but uh, it's a little bit more, 
approachable to be able to accomplish that. But uh, you know, the cultivation license is very difficult. A lot of a lot of you know chopping through hoop applications, uh, paperwork, as well as um, the dispensary license as well. And the applications they fall at you know like twenty five hundred dollars, and you think that okay twenty five hundred dollars I'll be good, and then when you get the license, you know for an example, uh, the craft go license, uh, you know I mean you got to put up forty thousand dollars, you know, and and when they made the announcement of the people the winners of the craft go license, uh, they didn't publicly make the announcement because they wanted to make sure that everybody had their funds you know in place to you know. Uh, get the license and then they make the announcements you know we have victoria back so victoria can come uh, victorious on the transportation side so victoria how in the world did you get yourself a license to transport cannabis are you a truck driver by trade no absolutely not so when we thought about transportation i had a, a friend of mine come to me and you know, we talked about how they were only issuing 75 dispensary licenses and they were only going to give out 40 crop grows and 40 infusion licenses. However, there were no limit on how many transportation licenses to get. And we thought like, you know, we think we're some pretty smart people, but the rest of the world has some pretty smart people as well to be fighting over 75 licenses. That's a really high, highly competitive license to fight for. And we thought we had a better chance with transportation. We thought the stakes was higher. And even during the process, after applications were submitted, only 250 people submitted applications because the entire world wanted dispensary licenses. So for me, we looked at numbers. We evaluated Illinois' numbers every single month, and we had them printed out in a book, in a binder. And from month to month, we monitored the cannabis sales. Like this month, and, and it, it continuously grew. And I say, you know, if we made $2 billion in cannabis sales, that stuff has to be moved by somebody. So why not let it be us? And it just made sense. It, it was no limit on how many licenses going to be issued. And so I think that we had a really great shot. We understood the cannabis bill. We understood what it took to write the application and wrote a successful application. So are you yourself going to be the driver of the truck that delivers cannabis from the grower to the dispensary? Or are you going to hire someone to do that? I'm going to do both. I am all in in my business, so I would not expect anyone to do a job that I wouldn't do myself. And so for those first couple of loads, I will be behind the wheel because I want to see every aspect of my business and be a part of every process, you know. What if your employees decide to quit? These deliveries still have to go on. Therefore, I need to know how to do these routes and follow the on-fleet system and be willing to make that four-hour trip from a cultivation center to dispensaries. And so uh, the trips, you said, how long are the trips from the cultivation centers? Generally, what is the distance? Well, it, it, it depends on what company that you're transporting from. Um, I can give an example of one company who has contacted us to do transport for them. They have a cultivation center in, in one part of the state. And they have four dispensaries located in southern Illinois. 
and they have four other dispensaries located throughout Chicagoland area. However, each dispensary is four hours away from the cultivation center. They have one cultivation, craft cultivation center, and eight dispensaries. So no matter what, you're making a four-hour trip. Oh, Holland Cannabis. Who would have thought? Victoria, when you were growing up, now you're from Chicago, correct? Correct. Born and raised in Englewood. Did I have that right? Yeah, that's correct. I graduated from Paul High School in the heart of Englewood. Are you from Harper High School, did you say? No, Paul Robeson. Oh, Robeson. Robeson. I thought you said, yeah. Uh, and uh, I think actually Vincent E. Norman is from uh, Englewood originally as well. Yes, yes I am. Uh, I have two uh, Englewood uh, uh, natives on the show with me. Um, so did you, ever, did you ever imagine, Victoria, that uh, cannabis in the old days, we, I mean marijuana, whatever, would be legal and that you would be in the business? Well, I got in the business six years ago and um, by someone who brought the idea to me. And I started looking at things that was happening in other markets. So I did envision myself being in the industry, but I just did not envision how I would be in the industry. So I dabbled and dabbled a little bit of everything in the industry. I wrote a cannabis infusion book that is at Walmart and on Amazon. You know, during the quarantine, I, I did a puzzle book, a word search with all cannabis things. So I was just trying to find uh, my own you know, niche in the industry and trying to see what exactly works for me. Well, I'm glad that uh, you're in the industry and Vincent's heard me on this. He's probably tired of hearing me say this, Victoria, but uh, black people took the brunt of the abuse and the war on drugs. So if you're going to legalize cannabis, you got to make sure that some black people get advantage of it. That's my position on it. So... I welcome you to the field. I hope you do uh, very well with yourself uh, in, uh, in all aspects of uh, Reefer. And uh, before we move on to football, Vincent, I just got to tell you, uh, we were supposed to uh, have Al Harrington on the show. He had to cancel. Uh, Al Harrington has a couple licenses or is uh, looking to get a couple licenses. We're still waiting to see. There's uh, some litigation and the license distribution is sort of halted. But he brought in as a partner, as I understand, the great Alan Iverson. Uh, which is uh, kind of interesting. Allen Iverson doing business in the state of Illinois. He never played basketball in the state of Illinois, but apparently he's going to kick into the, uh, uh, the, uh, the cannabis industry. It seems as though the NBA, more than any other sport, uh, Vincent, is open-minded uh, to uh, cannabis. Uh, do, you, do, you, do you agree with my assessment of that? Uh, yes. You know, I mean, now, just now, that recently, uh, a little bit under pressure, Roger Cadell has, you know, kind of the NFL has kind of loosened up a little bit on cannabis, but you know, there's still that stigma behind it uh, in the NFL. But yeah, the the NBA has always been a little bit more uh, uh, lenient uh, toward the athletes as long as uh, they just didn't blatantly do it out in public. But you know, now they're starting to embrace it and understand that you know CBD, hemp, and cannabis is a uh, you know, uh, you know, a, a helpful uh, wellness for uh, the players, you know, mentally and also, you know, physically. Yeah, and um, more of the players are actually getting involved. Uh, so uh, that's what I was getting into. All right, Victoria, 
Let's get to the Bears aspect of this conversation. You're a lifelong Bear fan, and when I was complaining about the Bears as a, uh, another lifelong Bear fan, you defended them. So I'll give you my position on the Bears, and then you jump in and then see what Vincent has to say. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, so here's the situation. The Chicago Bears have not had a good quarterback. I can't remember when, all right? And the key to having a good quarterback, as you know, is you need an offensive line to protect the quarterback from being destroyed by the defenders. The defensive line is coming at him strong. I was watching that Bears game on Saturday. All the fans were cheering for the rookie, Justin Fields, to come into the game because Andy Dalton, the starter, looked terrible. They finally pulled Dalton. They bring in Fields. The crowd's going crazy, Victoria. First play from the line of scrimmage. It's like these blockers aren't even blocking. The Buffalo Bill defensive lineman got in there so fast, he ripped Justin Fields' helmet off, Victoria Williams. Ripped his helmet off. How can I support a team that doesn't even know that you need to draft competent people to play the offensive line to protect your quarterback? Go ahead. Defend the Bears, Victoria. Well, maybe our team was not prepared for that type of defense, okay? And this is just the beginning. This is preseason. I, I believe in the Bears. I think they still have time to, uh, you know, practice and freshen up on their skills and also protect the quarterbacks. You know, that's very, very important. You know, I don't want nobody helmets being snatched off. And, and I'm not a fan of anyone being injured on the Bears team. Uh, so I think that, you know, it's preseason. There's still time. These new players have to get comfortable working with one another and playing with each other on the field, you know. I, I just think that at the end of the day, still have time. I believe in the Bears. I think we're going to go all the way. I say this every year. And I'm always a Bears fan. Wait, now wait, when you say the Bears are going to go all the way, do you mean they're going to go all the way to Detroit to play the Lions? Or they're going to go all the way to Minnesota to play the Vikings? Is that what you mean by the Bears going all the way? Well, I think that the Bears have the capability of winning the NFC. And I'll put money on it. <laughs> oh. I, I'm, 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 <laughs> Go ahead, I'm gonna, gonna take that bet over the airways. Uh, <laughs> are you talking about the division? Because you said NFC, and the NFC is. I'm talking about the division, Vince. Okay, there you go. I want to correct. I, I want to help you yeah, out here because yeah. the NFC is a little bit tough. Um, <laughs> we know that they got Tampa Bay and uh, New Orleans and some other, and the Rams and some other teams. But you know, I, I want to just say that I think it always starts with the with the head coach. And, you know, uh, old Nagy there, he can't get out of his own way. Uh, time and time again, he's proven that by trying to be, you know, maybe he was like doing too much over there at Kansas City, not really understanding that he had a head coach over him. Uh, and now that he's in a position, he can't get out of his own way. You know, it's all about planning and scheming. And like Victoria said, they weren't ready for that. Uh, and, then the, and then the other thing is, uh, if that young quarterback that we got, which I like him a lot, if he don't humble himself, he's going to have a very short career because the, the NFL is all about team. It's all about team. And I'll I, write and, him a letter, Vincent. Please. Because when he came and made that statement about when they asked him, was it 
was it, you know, the speed, how was the speed? And he's like, oh, you know, it was kind of slow to me. And, you know, and I think a lot of players, you know, what they call it, uh, bullet board material, I think a lot of players looked at that and said, now this rookie here comes in and say that, you know, this is easy for him, the first preseason game. Hmm. I think Buffalo, get, know, Buffalo taught him a lesson. I think that, I, I actually do think they taught him a lesson. But I also think that goes back to coaching. Um, you know, I really, really like Lovey Smith. I liked him with the Bears. I love seeing him on the sideline. I love the confidence that he built in those players. And it really goes back to sportsmanship. Our, our coaches giving them these talks about it because recently, not just in the NFL, but, you know, in the, the young lady that's in the Olympics, you know, when you do not win a game, you're supposed to, you know, praise that team that wins, give them credit for what they have done, you know, and and I don't see it happening with um, younger people, and I'm, I'm young, by the way, I'm very young, but I think that sports is kind of losing its way as it relates to how people get out on that field and how they handle themselves uh, post the games. I agree with you, sportsmanship. You know, if 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 the Raiders can bring John Gruden back, <laughs> then why not the Bears bring Lovey back? Bring Lovey back, <laughs> guys. They're not bringing Lovey back. I'm just gonna tell you that right now. Lovey Smith uh, is not coming back to the Bears anytime soon. But it is interesting. Lovey Smith was ten and six the year they fired him. Uh, Victoria, he was ten and six. Okay, last year the Bears were eight and eight, and uh, that was. Following, there was so much hype uh, with the Matt Nagy's Bears coming after that his first year. Remember when he went, made it to the playoffs? Just nothing but disappointment since. And I am starting to come to the conclusion and get your thoughts about this, Victoria, that the problem with the Bears may be worse than I even thought it was. Now, follow me on this. I was really down on Ryan Pace for drafting Mitch Trubisky. And Vincent knows this because he's heard me on this before. Like, they could have had Patrick Mahomes, and they took Mitch Trubisky. Then I watched Mitch Trubisky, the same Mitch Trubisky, Victoria, come back to Chicago last weekend, and he looked like a young Tom Brady carving up that Bears defense. And I thought, oh, my God, could it be, Victoria, could it be that the problem is not Mitch Trubisky, but the problem is Matt Nagy can't coach and that no matter who the quarterback is, the Bears are going to suffer because they have an inept coach, which is even worse than having an inept quarterback, or maybe he's at least tied for it. Your thoughts on this, Victoria? You know, I kind of agree and disagree with you. Um, I would have preferred Patrick Mahomes over Trubisky. Absolutely. I like Mahomes. Um, but you got to give Trubisky credit for the things he did accomplish, you know. And in the same way as they got rid of Lovey, you know, Bears got to make some changes, you know. But no matter what, the fans are always be in the stands and rooting for them and praying for a win. Praying for a win. <laughs> okay. you, you know you're in trouble when you're praying for a win. <laughs> you know, I love going to the Bears game. I love Soldier Fields. 
I love the overpriced food, and I love the sportsmanship of those fans. We cheer them on. And win or lose, Chicago stands up for Chicago, okay? All right. So let me ask you this question. And no ducking and dodging on this question. And then it's going to Vincent when you're done. Is Matt Nagy a good coach, Victoria? I would have to say no. You know my answer. But I also think that we should give him a chance. Let's see how this play out preseason. And, you know, let's let's still give him a chance. I think that there's, there's a, a lot of room for improvement. But we're not on that field coaching those guys. And we don't know what those plays may consist of and those assistant coaches and the things that's actually going wrong on that field. So I want to give him a chance. Vincent, go ahead. Um, I wanted him fired last year. And, you know, paying him back, you know, uh, I still want him fired. I, I think that, <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, we have a really good quarterback. But I've seen in the past, RG3, several others, Vince, uh, you know, was it out in Houston, Vince, uh, I forgot his last name. But we've th- these quarterbacks, it had to be coached. They had to be coached. And if they're not really coached up, this is what mm-hmm. we're going to have, a problem. And uh, that young man, I hope we get some good coaching for him, you know, for him, because if not, he's going to have a terrible season. <laughs> <laughs> Dalton is washed up. He had his turn. Well, I do think that if he does not show improvement this season, that they will get rid of him. Because plenty have been calling for his job, not just you, Vincent. So he's going to have to step it up, seriously. And, and I totally agree with you. Those quarterbacks deserve to be coached. That's very important. And they deserve to be protected as well. You know, all those sacks that be oh, my God, I can go on about that. So I, I definitely think that this is probably his last chance to show and prove. And if he don't, the Bears are going to have to, you know, bring in someone else. This would be his fourth year. And uh, it was it's so interesting because we were back in a studio uh, for the start of his second year, uh, Victoria uh, Nagy, I'm talking about. And there was so much excitement. This was right after the Bears, his first year, they made the playoffs and they lost in round one uh, with the, um, the the missed field goal, which is so, still painful to remember against Philadelphia. Vincent knows what I'm talking about. And uh, there was so much excitement in the office where we were in those days with our studio before the pandemic. Every They had like a... Uh, a go bear party at the start of the season. You know, they, everybody in Chicago, it seemed like, had jumped on the bandwagon and was expecting, at the very least, uh, a conference appearance. And that season was so disappointing. And l- last year, <laughs> last year's followed up when Trubisky looked bad. Uh, and then I got hope, Victoria, when they drafted uh, Justin Fields. But now I'm worried. I really am worried about Justin Fields surviving in the NFL. It's a tough league. You know this, Victoria. And with that weak line, and it seems like the coaching staff is incapable of coming up with 
uh, an offensive strategy that would take advantage of his skills. I worry about him. I worry that the the kid will get hurt. Go ahead, Victoria. You know, and I was about to say that. You know, I, I, I am concerned, and I hope that I just hope and pray this kid doesn't get hurt. He's young. You know, he has the energy. He has the height. He just needs to be protected. You know, and that's very important. I'm gonna write a letter though. Okay. Who, who are you gonna write the letter to? <laughs> Or you know, what, what we can, or we can do, we can go out to Hellas Hall and have a sign saying, "Get rid of <laughs> Naki. Bring get rid. Of bring Lovey back." You know, I'm, I'm, so I, I'm not pro taking people's food off their tables. So I just can't say that I would advocate for someone being fired. And that's just the woman side of me. You know, I know men think like, "Hey, he gotta go. It's football." I understand that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't advocate for him to get fired. I do know that if he does not improve this season, preseason, Bears need to bring in help. Uh, trust, trust me, Victoria. He'll get a job that he deserves as a low-line offensive coordinator. That's where he yeah. needs to be at. He doesn't need to be a head coach. Some people just can't be a head coach. Back to Lovey. Lovey, those players went out there and fought hard for Lovey. Yeah. They 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 put it out on the line for Lovey. The problem with Lovey was he couldn't really get a good offensive coordinator that could get out the way. The defense was fine. It's just yeah. those offensive coordinators was too cocky, and that's why we lost the Super Bowl. Yeah. 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 That goes back to the whole sportsmanship and to be humble, you know. And we got to remind these kids of that, you know. They get way more money than any franchise, you know, in history. That's not, you know, these contracts that these young men are getting, they no longer have to earn them, you know. Although I'm, I like Jay Cutler, I felt like we paid them so much money and we had these hopes and these expectations. And we, we're forgetting about how people in the seasons when, you know, before I was born, the little money that they got and how hard they work for it. These kids don't have to work as hard these days. Yeah, well, we found out later that Jay Cutler, you know, had to, you know, he had some issues with diabetes. So he had to, you know, his insulin and those things kind of played a part in his everyday routine of coming on Sunday to play. I mean, those things do matter, you know, if you if you if your sugar level go and down. I defended and stuff him like that. every single game. So, I defended Jay Cutler every single game. And when I saw that young man getting sacked, I'm a, I'm a licensed EMT. So even though I don't practice, I know I understand his medical condition. And every game, I'm like, this kid is out here and he has a medical condition and he's not being protected, you know. That's the problem. Our quarterbacks have to yeah. be protected. Hands down. All right. Uh, that's a good place to, to close it where, we, where uh, we started. The quarterbacks have to be protected. Apparently the Bears haven't figured that out yet. They've only been playing football in Chicago for over 100 years, and they haven't figured out, wait a minute, you have to protect the quarterback? Holy, this is a whole new thing for the Chicago Bears. Uh, I want to tell you this, Victor, before we go, as much as the fans in the city of Chicago give Jay Cutler uh, grief for his years at the Bears, as a longtime Bear fan, I got to tell you, 
Jay Cutler is the best quarterback I've ever seen play for the Chicago Bears. Now, that tells you a lot about how bad the quarterbacks have been for the Chicago Bears. I love Jim McMahon, but he got hurt a lot. Jay Cutler was the best quarterback. So I'm with you. I'm not going to hate on Jay Cutler the way so many people do in Chicago, Victoria, because he was the best the Bears had, which just goes to show you how rough it is to be a Bears fan when we have such mediocre quarterbacks. Yeah, we're not blessed like San Francisco and the Raiders when they had, you know, Stabler and Jim Pluckett and, you know, even Tampa Bay now. You know, they they got Tom Brady, you, you know. We're not blessed, so it's trouble. But I'm going to go on record to say that the Bulls are going to the playoffs. Okay. I know that's right. The Bulls are going to the playoffs. We're going to the playoffs. <laughs> All right, that's a. Love the Bulls, man. <laughs> he knows I love the Bulls, Victor. You know how I, you know how I feel about. Bulls. You know, Vincent, I can connect with the NBA the moment they got that young ball, um, the young boy on, and and I was like, I want season tickets, oh. and and I've been waiting on people to call me back, and then I said, you know, I, I want to make sure we are in that first game. That the Bulls play. The Bulls are going to the playoffs. All right. Well, All we'll right. end it there. This is Bears talk, but we'll bring you back for Bulls. Uh, I, I share your enthusiasm, but uh, Victoria, you got to understand something about me. Vince is laughing. I am the biggest sucker when it comes to the Chicago Bulls. They're my beloved Chicago Bulls. Every year I predict they're not only going to the playoffs, they're going to win the championship. And every year I always tell my guests, I'll save a spot for you in Grant Park when we have the championship parade, okay? All you, you haters. Do you want to hear a secret? My long life dream has been to coach the Bulls. I want to coach the Bulls for at least one day. <laughs> <laughs> I have been a Bulls fan my entire life. I used to wear a Tony coach number, okay? I was number seven. And my brother played baseball, and I got him to wear number seven. And and I've always been a Bulls fan. They should give me a shot just one time. All right, well uh – if you get to be a one-day Bulls coach, I'll be your assistant, and Vincent will be your other assistant, and we'll sit next to you on the bench and chart plays. <laughs> uh, very good, Victoria. I appreciate you uh, weighing in from Colorado. It's been a ch uh, sort of challenging, but we got it through. And uh, Vincent E. Norman, thank you so much for being on the show uh, one more time. And uh, take care, everybody.